So the readings today, Old Testament 65, verses 1 through 13. Oh, I guess the prayer of illumination comes first, right? Father, we praise your holy name. Your word tells us that you will set our feet firm. And Father, we pray this week that you would guide our thoughts, guide our path, lead us where we need to go so that we might do your will, Father. And when we're about to step into trouble, I pray you would warn us and lead us to where you would have us go so that we might be the people you want us to be, Father. I pray that you would send your spirit to guide us and lead us this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is titled, To the Leader, a Psalm of David, a Song. Praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with deliverance, O God of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength, you establish the mountains. You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas the roaring of the waves, the tumult of the people. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of gold is full of water. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. The New Testament reading is Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked him, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Word of God for the people of God. 
As I stated before, this is the final sermon in the sermon series, Grateful. Next week is Advent. Yay. And we're going to make some noise. We're going to take an interesting approach <coughs> to Advent. And uh, I'm going to keep that close to my chest right here and so that uh, it'll be a surprise, sort of. We've kind of teased it out in the bulletin. But um, make some noise as we prepare for the coming Messiah. I'm also aware that this Sunday is Christ the King Sunday. And yet, this pastor feels like he needs a little bit more work on gratitude. I need one more Sunday talking about grateful. And I think maybe we all need one more Sunday of gratitude. And honestly... You're here, and those of you watching online are watching because you know Christ is king, right? So here, let's get this out of the way. On three, I want everybody to say, Christ is king, and then we'll move on to the sermon series for today. How about that? One, two, three. Christ is king. The obvious statement, Christ is king. And as king, Christ has blessed us in so many ways. And we have explored these things. We've explored the examine, the first Sunday in in this sermon series, about how you examine your day parts and you examine your life and you look for how God has blessed us in the past. We look for opportunities for where we can share Jesus with others and maybe some missed opportunities. We kind of play back these things in our head before we go to sleep every night. And that's a practice that, that I encourage each of you to get into. And if you're a journaling type, even if you're not a journaling type, write down those gratitudes that you see. Just, just write them down. You don't have to just write a whole thing. Just write down those gratitudes that you've seen in that day. Today's sermon is um, Dave's top ten list of what Thanksgiving is not. I, I made this thing up, the Dave's top ten list. You're not going to find it anywhere else. And actually, the, 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 the hook is funny. I get that. It's designed to be funny. But I want you to listen to the top ten things. We're going to expound on each one, one at a time, the ten things that Thanksgiving is not. We talked about what Thanksgiving is. Let's talk about what Thanksgiving is not. And I think this is kind of one of the things that we can do to just kind of tie a nice, tidy bow on the end of this sermon series, and as we enter into Advent, and then after Advent, we go into regular time, right? So, uh, how, how does it, and then we go into Lent and all these other things, but, but I want us to, honest to goodness, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Thanksgiving is not a one-day event. That's number 10. Thanksgiving is not a one-day event. It's not about the fourth Thursday in November. True Thanksgiving is a daily practice, a continuous recognition of the blessings in our lives. We always have something to be grateful for. Always and every day. We as Christ followers don't need a day to focus on giving thanks. It should be part of our DNA. 
Christians, Christ-like. It started out as a derogatory term, by the way, in the early church. Oh, those are those Christians. And yet it stuck because it meant something more than just something derogatory. It meant that we are Christ's followers. We have taken on Jesus' name. We have taken on his identity. And if we look at the life of Christ on this earth, Jesus was always grateful. He was always showing gratitude to his Father. As Christians, giving thanks should be as natural as breathing. Number nine, thanksgiving is not dependent on circumstances. It's not reserved for times when everything is going well, when there's sunshine and lollipops and rainbows. And Authentic gratitude goes beyond favorable circumstances and can and should be expressed even in the midst of challenges. I'm going to say that again. Authentic gratitude goes far beyond favorable circumstances and can and should be expressed even in the midst of challenges. We heard this last week. In all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. Even fleas. Even cars that break down. In all things, give thanks. Because here's the thing. Like in the story of Corey Ten Boom last week. By the way, it was a timely story, by the way. I just realized they're make, they just released a new movie. <clears throat> I'm going to see it. I would encourage each of you to see it if it's anything like the original. But maybe we give thanks for the things that are going wrong in our lives, even if it is God has something for us to learn. So maybe our gratitude prayer should be, in those difficult times, should be, God, I'm thankful that you're still here in this. I don't understand why this is going on. Help me to learn what I need to learn through this, if there is a lesson for me. Help me, be, <clears throat> help me to be receptive in learning the lesson, the thing that you want me to learn. Because God works all things together for good to those who love him. It doesn't mean life's going to be easy. But it means that God's going to make all things good. God's definition of good is not always our definition of good. You understand that? Okay. Where are we? Number eight? Number eight. Thanksgiving is not limited to material wealth. It doesn't even have anything to do with material wealth. It is not about being thankful for material possessions. True gratitude encompasses relationships, experiences, 
I had this epiphany as I was writing this sermon. <clears throat> it was before Thanksgiving. And as we start thinking about Advent and Christmas and all that, <clears throat> and I shared with my wife, what if we could create opportunities for our kids to be with us? Maybe instead of buying them stuff that they already have or they don't need, maybe we take them out for an experience. We took my, my um, son-in-law and my daughter and the grandbabies. We took them out to their favorite restaurant to eat. That was fun with babies. <laughs> but it was an experiential thing. You see, Christmas isn't about materialism. I don't care what the stores say. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I see this every year. I saw this billboard about a bank. I'm not going to mention the bank. But the bank is saying, get more money for Christmas. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's a terrible idea. If you have to go in debt for a Christmas, it's not worth doing. Maybe we focus more on relationships, strengthening those relationships, creating bonds, because that's really what it comes down to. That's what Christmas is about. It's about God reaching down to touch us. God puts skin on through Jesus to come to this earth to show us the love of the Father, to touch the lepers, to hug our children. It's experience. It's not gifts. It's the touch. It's the love. It's the best gift God could have given us. And by the way, Christmas isn't about us anyway. And I really do want to get you to thinking about the Christmas gift to Jesus. Your elders every year, your leadership here in this church sit down every year with the Christmas gift to Jesus that you put in the manger. And we decide who we're going to partner with every year. And I generate a little report and tell you what we've given the money to and, and give you a little synopsis of what this organization does. But this, none of this money that you give for the Christmas gift to Jesus, none of it goes to the budget. None of it goes to paying staff. It all goes out. It's our best outreach that we have here at St. Timothy. It's not about material wealth. Number seven, Thanksgiving is not a competition. <clears throat> it's not about comparing our blessings to others. Gratitude is a personal journey, and everyone's path is unique. God blesses us in the ways sometimes that are specific 
to us. There are blessings that God has showered on me that you will never hear about because it was just me and God. It's a personal thing. There are times that I do share what God has done for me, and, and, and I think that's part of expressing gratitude. Let me share with you what God has done for me. When we in community can do that, when we can share with each other what God has done for us, it's about appreciating what we have without diminishing other people's experiences. It's actually listening. There's, there's a part of listening here to this as well. When somebody wants to share with you what, where God has blessed them, take it seriously. It may seem like such a small thing to you, but to them it's a huge thing. This is how we build relationships. Listen to them. Celebrate with them. Praise God with them. Can I tell you, I had an experience <clears throat> before I went into seminary. I was just about ready to go into this under the care of presbytery kind of thing. And, and actually, maybe this was probably part of what got me interested in full-time ministry. Kind of pushed me in that direction anyway. I was working, <clears throat> helping another church our sister church, I'm just going to name it Pathway Church, down there in Burleson. They were bringing church services to the people of uh, Presbyterian Night Shelter. We would meet in True Worth. Let me tell you something. We would pass an offering plate, and I would stand up there, and I would say, listen, by the way, this is not for money. This is for you to put your prayer requests in these baskets. Let me tell you, something blew me away. Two things blew me away. One, these are homeless people. They don't have homes. They're living on the streets. I would always find a few dollars in, the, in that prayer request basket. Not only that, but they were using the back of these prayer request forms to show gratitude for what God had done for them. And if they were praying, it was for someone else. They were praying for their family members, that they meet Jesus. If that doesn't hit the spot, I don't know what does. It doesn't have anything to do with wealth. It doesn't have anything to do with wealth. I see the time. Give me some... Give me a few more minutes here. Number six. Thanksgiving is not exclusive or big gestures. It is not about grandest displays of thankfulness. Small, sincere gestures of gratitude hold significant value and can hold profound impact on individuals and communities. Remember the story of the widow's might? Do you remember the story of the widow's? I'm going to see some heads nodding. Because I, I, I guess I'll have to teach that sermon. Here we have all these people, wealthy people, bringing these chests. And <clears throat> by the way, these offering reciprocals in the, the temple, they were designed to be noisy. They had a little funnel. And so they would hold these chests up and they would dump them in and go whoosh. And you could hear all the money going in the... 
one after another after another after it was big gestures they were giving out of their wealth because this one widow went by hoping nobody would see and dropped her mite as quietly as she could and it goes plink and Jesus singles her out and I can imagine she's a little embarrassed and he looks at his disciples and he says you see her? do you see her? All these other people they gave out of their wealth, she gave all she had. She gave more than anybody else. God will bless her. That's what Jesus said. <coughs> what are we at? Five? <clears throat> Thanksgiving is not limited to verbal expression. It is not always about saying thank you. Gratitude can be expressed through actions, kindness, and genuine willingness to contribute positively into the lives of others. <laughs> Poet Edgar A. Guest said, I would rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Are we sermons in shoes? Are we acting out what we believe? Are we acting out of gratitude? Can people see that we're grateful? I don't know if you all noticed, there's a blessing box out in the parking lot right now. Put up by an Eagle Scout, soon to be Eagle Scout. It was his Eagle Scout project. Really proud of that kid. A blessing box. You put food in. If you need food, you take food out. It's kind of a neat concept. Let's keep that thing stocked, huh? My vision is people walking by on the path, maybe there's some water in there or a granola bar. I don't know. But let's bless people in this community. It's not a big gesture. It's not verbal. It's just something we're doing out of the gratefulness of our heart. Number four, thanksgiving is not ignorance of challenges. Hmm. It's not pretending that the difficulties don't exist. True gratitude acknowledges the challenges but focuses on finding strength, lessons, and growth with them. I'm not going to lie to you. My car is stalled out on Berry Street. I hope I have tires when I get out there. It's a problem. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a problem. God knows I tried. I made it all the way to Barry. Kept trying to fill up the radiator reservoir. It was going as fast as I was putting it in. I'm thankful for my son and his girlfriend. Jesus used him to bring his mother's car so that we could make it all the way to the church. I'm thankful for my son. Perhaps it can also look like asking God, what lesson is there for me to learn from this trial? Thanksgiving is acknowledging God's presence in the midst of the challenge, not ignoring the challenge itself. Number three, Thanksgiving is not a seasonal trend. It's not a fleeting trend that comes and goes with the holiday season. 
Thanksgiving is a timeless and enduring attitude. It's not a season, it's an attitude that can shape our perspectives throughout the year. Make it a habit. Make it a spiritual practice. Make it as natural as breathing. Thanksgiving is not conditional, number two. Thanksgiving is not conditional. It is not based on receiving something in return. I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to do this so maybe I get something back. I'm sure we've all heard the passage in the Bible in Malachi. Give all your tithes into the storehouses that there may not be room to contain them all and I will pour down blessings from heaven. That's a good promise. But I think sometimes we get it backwards. God has already blessed us. That's why we give. God has already blessed us. That's why we give. Maybe giving helps us to see the blessings that God is giving us. But it's not conditional. It's not something we do in order to get more. Does that make sense? It's about being grateful for what we have now instead of, well, if I do this act, heck, maybe I could get an upper tier in heaven or something. Number one, and probably the most important thing, Thanksgiving is not a solo journey. It's not a solitary practice. True thanksgiving is communal, fostering a sense of unity and interconnectedness with others here in St. Timothy. It's about sharing gratitude and creating a culture of appreciation. Do you know how many people told me to be thankful for the fleas after I told them about my car? I lost count. That's community. It's holding the pastor accountable too. And again, those of you watching online, you are part of this community. Let me bring community with, to, to you. Let an elder bring community to you. Reach out to us. We want you to feel part of this community if you're watching us online. We want to share in your gratitudes with you. We want to share in your journey. Together we share life Together, we help each other to be grateful. Together, we walk the path together. Let us pray. Loving God, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you for this community of St. Timothy Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. As we move from one season to the next, into the next, into the next, may we always be grateful. May we always be looking for things to be grateful for. 
May we spend each evening doing an inventory of our day, looking for those blessings that you've given to us, both small and large. And even if it's the blessing of us waking up in the morning, that's a blessing. God, I am grateful for this church. I am grateful for the relationships I've formed in this church. I am thankful, God, that you led me here to this church. God, as I stand here right now, I know, I am aware that there are those who are here and those who are watching online who may be finding it really hard to be grateful, and I get that. I get it. Life can be really hard. And so, God, right here and right now, I create a holy space for each person to take their heavy hearts and lay them at your feet. God, your mercy. Hear our prayers. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.